So What is a podcast from The Gathering at Crossings Community Church. This podcast exists to help young adults navigate real life and cultural topics in light of what the Bible says. The Gathering meets weekly on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Crossings Community Church. It is a place for young adults in their 20s and 30s to belong and be known and become like Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, ready? Hey guys, welcome to So What? Um, As we're kind of in this, we're talking through our messages on Tuesday again and just kind of recapping them and going over um, things that we wanted to talk about, dive in more. You guys know the drill at this point. So this Tuesday, we talked about disordered desires. But before we get into that, something else happened this week, which if you're in Oklahoma, you know this, but we had our first little tornadic spell of activity. It was a little bit of chaos on Sunday. It's that time of year. Spring is here. Mike Morgan's here. Weather ties are on. It's happening. But I (laughs) have a question. So did you grow up like around tornadoes? Are you like a... Oh yeah, I like gr- a watching it from the porch, or are you like a doomsday? I, I grew up in Iowa, so we we have it's basically Oklahoma North. Our our uh, our tornado season was just a month later because we're mm, a little bit farther north. Sure. So that as as you know, anyway. So I'm I'm a uh, you know I'm always running worst case scenarios uh, in my head. Enneagram six. Yes, um, but here's the deal: I'm not. They don't freak me out anymore because I've thought through all the scenarios. And so I watch it because I have children and they're freaking out. Sure. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm a big like, hey, just turn the news on. Let's watch. And, you know, when you've lived here long enough, you can tell by the uh, the intensity which which they are talking about it, whether it's a serious t- tornado threat or not. And this week, it wasn't that serious. Well, that, it wasn't that serious. See, I – so before we moved to Oklahoma, when I was little, we lived in like hurricane country, like Smack oh, in the middle. Yeah. People always think that's scarier, but I was like, no, no, no. Hurricanes, you have time to get out. Tornadoes? Yes. Yeah, they just happen. But the thing with tornadoes is I, I I always go back to like, what is the actual percentage chance that they are going to hit this little property in all of the entire, you know, I'm like, it's low, it's, but never it's zero. super low. It's not never zero. zero. That's not zero. It's never zero. But I don't, they don't freak me out as much now. But when I was little, I was very much like yeah. the doomsday ever. Like I had like the little boxes of things. Like I would just carry mom's like, is this kid okay? No, we just no. split our family in half. Half of them go to our neighbors because we don't have a tornado shelter. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, you four go that way. You three go this way. Good luck. Best of luck. <laughs> we'll see you in a couple go hours. Go free. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a trip. It's definitely yep. springtime in Oklahoma. Yes, it is. But, but Tuesday was lovely. It was oh, like man. 75 yep. and gorgeous and fantastic. So I'll take that if it takes a little bit. Of Every day. Yeah. A little little bit of rocky weather. Um, real quick, can you just kind of give a brief summary of what we talked about on Tuesday yeah. for those that weren't there? So, you know, it started out uh, in a different direction uh, when we were planning out that series. We 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 were talking about this, this series of one way or another of kind of pitting these two worldviews uh, mm-hmm. every week uh, against each other. And so it, it started out as lust or love. Um, you know, that the way of the world uh, celebrates lust and the way of God's word and his design celebrates love. But as we, as we kind of worked through it and I was praying through it, I thought, you know, yes, we need to talk about lust. It is a huge issue. I think it's probably the most significant issue um, that, all of humanity deals with. It's everywhere all the time. But it's it's also a symptom of a deeper problem. Um, and that's just how it shows itself. And so it kind of transitioned in my mind to this idea of having a, um, a disordered desire mm-hmm. versus a rightly ordered desire. And that lust comes from a disordered desire for intimacy, for love, 
for significance. And so, you know, lust and and sexual sin, all it, it's a complicated thing. I mean, I, I always get the most nervous I get is to talk about that subject because there's so much hurt and pain and baggage mm-hmm. that come from um, either choices we've made in our past or choices that someone else has made that has impacted us. And so it's just a really sensitive topic, but I think it's one that we needed to talk about. And so I just kind of took two scriptures and we looked at the kind of the death cycle is what I I, I, uh, called it, the death cycle of of disordered desires. A lot of alliteration there, a lot of of alliteration. Um, Every pastor's dream. Um, And so there was that. Then we looked at James chapter 1, and then we looked at John 15 of the life cycle of rightly ordered desires, the Mm -hmm. way God has designed us to tick. Um, But the problem is we live in a world east of Eden, right? When Adam and Eve were kicked out of Eden, they were kicked out to the east. And so we live in the reality of the east of Eden, and everything that we experience is east of Eden. There is a a brokenness even in the beauty, even in – just the intimacy that we seek between people, it's all under the the umbrella of a broken and fallen world. And so that's where we find ourselves. And so, of course, we're going to have disordered desires. And so what do we do with that? What does it look like? And then what does it look like? And what does that cycle of healthy or rightly ordered desires look like? Mm-hmm. Well, and something else that you said, like when you're talking about your, like the orders of desires that I thought was really interesting was when you're talking about like the death cycle, you're talking about how, the, like the death cycle of disordered desire starts off as very life giving. It starts mm-hmm. off like a dopamine oh, yeah. hit. It starts off yep. like, okay, this feels really good, but it that's ends, the hook. That's the hook. They get mm-hmm. you. Yep. And then it ends in a place where you're like, how did I get here? I never thought I'd get yeah. here in a death and yeah. destruction. Whereas when we reorder our life as God has designed it and kind of put it back in the order of creation that it was designed, it feels like death because you're dying to self, but it ends in life. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool yeah. parallel, like how to keep them separate in your head. Yeah, it's really, it really is this, uh, you know, Satan is really good, really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. He's been around a long time. He knows humanity to AT. And so, of course, um, disordered desires or in, in, in the topic we talked about last night, sinful or um, Bible would call it sexual immorality. Yes, of course, it's going to feel exciting. It's going to feel good. It's going to feel freeing mm-hmm. because, you know, it, there, there's a tabooness to it. And so, you know, especially when you're young, when you're teenager, high school, college, it's like, let's go live life. And so, yeah, it feels great. But you're right. Mm-hmm. It, it It is fascinating to watch. I've Like I said last night, I've never met someone who is addicted to pornography or has lived a life of just a lot of sexual freedom. I've never met anyone that has come to me and said, man, I'm so grateful that this is where my life has mm. be- turned out to be. That I'm, I'm so thankful for that season. It's always with, like you said, how did I get here? I can't get out. Mm. And it starts, as, it, starts fe- it starts feeling like freedom. It ends with enslavement. Mm. And as James 1 says, it, it ends sin fully grown, t- ends in death. And I think that death is is a multiple-layered death. It is a death of intimacy, a death of value, death of joy. And ultimately, sin leads to death, spiritual death and separation from God. That going back to the garden, yeah. right? It's sin that separated humanity from God. They were mm-hmm. kicked out. They were separated from the presence of God, which then just brings you back to the gospel and the amazing reconciliation story that God put into place. 
Yeah. Well, and I think too, what's really interesting is you hit on it of like, I've never seen someone who has come out of sexual sin say, oh man, like, I don't regret that at all. I'm really glad I did yeah. that. And a lot of times the hook that gets us is, oh, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be mm-hmm. restricted. I want to have all this freedom. I want to experience all the world has to offer. Yeah. But we see on the other side of that, like no one ever is thankful for that experience, yeah. but it's the hook that gets us all every single Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you think you could take it outside of the context of sexual sin, um, there's a lot of things that, man, they, they seem exciting. Like I'm, I had to just keep going back to Genesis, but when you see Eve's thought process of eating the apple, it's all good things. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, this will feed my, I'm hungry. This will feed me. Good practical purpose. Oh, it will give me wisdom, right? It's appealing to the eye. What does that mm-hmm. That sounds like exactly what sin would sound like. It's logically, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think when it comes to sexual temptation, and sexual sin, of course, we're, we're going to have those, like, well, God gave me these desires. This is the way he made me. Therefore, mm-hmm. why would I not? Or this feels really good. How could it be wrong? Absolutely. Like, this feels right. Mm-hmm. Like, why would it be wrong? Like, yes. why would God want that? And then, like you said, the, the, the opposite is also true, that that living according to God's ways, that, that life cycle of rightly ordered desires, that we bring our, our desires in submission and obedience to Christ, it feels like death at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because... It is, right? Yeah. It's that dying to self. And that's that's difficult to do. Um, we have to deny self, which seems really restrictive. It seems really um, micromanaging, you know, and we don't like that, especially as Americans. We do not like to be told Ew. what to do. And so that's just a hard reality. But when you look at John 15, what it ends up with is a life that is glorifying to God and that is bearing good fruit which means it is a life that is alive, mm-hmm. not dead. Well, and it's a life in a way that you were designed to live. And yes. I think what we both think mm-hmm. a lot too is like, okay, I don't want to be restricted by what God wants me to have me do in this manner. I don't want the boundaries that God would put on these yeah. things because I feel restricted. But in reality, like things work best and they do what they're designed to do. We see that yeah. with everything, like different uh gadgets like we have like these things like called unitaskers in a kitchen like they'll do like one thing like the mini egg maker like yep. it does that really well if there's something yeah. else with it it's not going to do it well and so i think we take it for granted like we were designed to live in the way that god intended us to live so yeah. obviously that's where we're going to thrive the most yeah and desire like we talk about desire is not the problem Mm-mm. god has given us natural desires for love for intimacy he's designed a relationship of humanity to have that um but with the, go back to the garden. What's the original plan? Is that we would be fulfilled in God alone. And what happened? Humanity went, bypassed God, got curious on our own on our own wisdom and said, you know what? I know better. Yeah. And ever since then, we've been disordered desires is how we wake up every morning. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what we we're talking about last night. Is like when our desires become our God, our little mm-hmm. G God, we yeah. end up taking something that God has designed taking him out of the equation and then manipulating it to fulfill the desires of our flesh. And so we see it over and over again in sexuality, in money, power, all the different things in our world that's so prevalent. And on Tuesday, we talked kind of about how we need to take those desires before the Lord and fulfill them first in him Yeah, because he's the one who made them. But I think if you're sitting in the room and you don't know what that means, it sounds very theoretical. Yeah. And so what does that look like to actually take those desires and submit them to the Lord? Well, number one, it's a long process um, because it's almost like you're deprogramming yourself Mm -hmm. from a culture that has been programming you every day of your life to think through 
sexuality a certain way. So it's going to be a long process. Two, it is going to be a humbling process. And what I mean by that is we're going to have to dig into what do we actually believe? What is the, the core desire that God has said is a good desire? And then you once you identify it, then you w- work through, all right, God, would you show me how you fulfill this? And that's just going to be a long process. I think it's going to uh, require a lot of humility of confession. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't just mean confession of sin, but just confession of God, I don't understand. I don't see it the way you do. Help me see it. And then it's going to be getting into God's word and understanding how does God see this mm-hmm. and being humble enough to say, all right, God, this is what your word says. This is what I think I'm going to put to death how I think. Is that confession? and repentance. I'm going to change how I think about that thing. And so there's a lot of practical nuance to that process, and it's a long process. It's going to involve probably community. For many of us, it's going to require probably some professional counseling to really dig through all the wounds and the hurts and the baggage that we have cured over the years mm-hmm. and to figure out what 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 was going on there. Why did we do that? And how does God fulfill that? And that's good. That's The, the answer to your question is not a general like, all right, A, B, C, this is everybody, there's no equation. It's not an equation. We always want an equation. Yeah. A plus B equals C. And I think when it comes to reordering our desires, there is no equation that works for everybody. It's going to be a humble journey with the Holy Spirit and a lot of um, humility mm-hmm. uh, of, of asking questions about why do I believe that? Mm-hmm. Where did I hear that? Um, what does God think about that? How does God define intimacy? Um, because it starts to get weird. Like, what does it mean to have intimacy with the Lord? Well, that's what a fun adventure to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And what I would say in short is intimacy is actually being fully known and completely loved. That is intimacy. It's being fully, fully known that, that God knows everything about you. I mean, everything thought, action, intention. He knows it all, yet he still accepts you and loves you and says, I want you to be with me. Mm. That's intimacy. And I think when we think about relationships, that's what we we want someone to know us and love us. But the, the thing is, is no one can fully know us like the Lord does, and no one can fully love us like the Lord has. And so mm-hmm. there is intimacy in our relationship with God that a human relationship can never touch. Because he, I think as Tim Keller said, uh, God, uh, what is it? Fully knows you and truly loves you or something like that. But mm-hmm. it was just a great idea of like, yeah, that, that's it. So there can be intimacy with the Lord. Um, I, th- I think it's in Hebrews 4, I was reading this past week, where it says, um, you know, all of humanity is laid before the judgment of God. Like it's, we're laid bare before him. Mm-hmm. But because Jesus knows he came and lived, he has compassion on us because he knew every temptation we face yet was without sin. And so then right after it says, so you can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Yeah. That's intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's like, he knows who I am. He knows exactly what I've done, everything I've ever looked at, everything I've ever gone and done. Yet he says, Andy, I love you and I forgive you. Walk with me, follow mm-hmm. me. 
So. Well, I think you hit on something that is really important because like as I was talking to people and like even in my own life, what I've realized like when I have a hard time being intimate with the Lord or like seeking it in that place and I seek it in other places, it's because I don't have an accurate understanding of God's love for me or God's grace for me. Yeah. And so I think I'm not going to be accepted. So I think a lot of root issues sometimes in our behavior can go back to our views of God and how they are warped. And this yeah. whole kind of like disordered desire, disordered view of the Lord, it reminds me of almost like a fun house mirror. Yeah. Like you're seeing mm-hmm. things and it's just a little bit off. And so yeah. it takes community. It takes prayer. It takes reading your Bible to kind of reorient those to see what is actually true. Yeah. Because well, if it's, you have it's to a, It's a idea of, I mean, that we're in a spiritual battle. I think the mm-hmm. older I get, the more I see this. Um, just because I see the pain of our world. I see the effects of sin the longer I live. And it is just, it's grotesque and it's devastating. Um, and it's destroying people. And I think that sometimes we just think it's it's just a practical matter of, all right, I need to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not. No. I like for years and years, I did all the accountabilities. I did all the the you know the, the game plan things, but my heart was not transformed. I didn't I, I didn't look at my sin differently. I looked at myself as a bad person and as a hypocrite, but I didn't look at it from a spiritual perspective of um, what hand does the enemy have here and what is God calling me to and um, allowing the Holy Spirit just to reorder my desires and asking him to do it um, and then following that with some practical application. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, one of the verses that just comes to mind like when we're talking about this is Romans 8, 6, and it's just the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And like, that's what we're all seeking yeah. is that life, is that peace. And so I think a lot of times we just don't want to do the hard work to get there, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Well, the, it, it is it is hard work because it goes against our mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. because we are fallen and our, you know, um, I think it was C.S. Lewis called our sin nature, the old man, mm-hmm. you know, and even as a believer, uh, we we have new life in Christ, but the old man is still around. You know, it, I, I was reading an article in preparation for that message. I didn't share this last night, but um, it was talking. I don't even know what what I was looking for, but I came across this article about morticians and oh. mortuaries and how these dead bodies um, twitch after they're dead, and that oh, that's terrifying. From a finger twitch to they sit straight up. Uh, this one mortician was saying how it, it flopped off the table <gasps> onto the ground. And so no. the point of the article was like, hey, spiritually, we may be a new creation in Christ, but our old self, although it is dead, still twitches. Oh, that's good. And, you know, I'm, I won't say how old I am, but I'm old. <laughs> and uh, for a long time, I fed disordered desires and it became full grown in my life. And so that isn't just going to go away just because I say, I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a book called the great divorce by CS Lewis. Fantastic book. And I'll never forget. There's an, there's an image in there where there's this lizard that is physically attached to this guy's shoulder and it's killing him. Like it's just sucking life out of him. And, and he needed to get it off. He, he wanted to get it off. But he was afraid that if I, if I let this go out, cause the, the, the lizard would whisper into his ear. If you get rid of me, you will die. Not just me. You will die. And it's this masterful picture of the way sin holds on to us, gets a grip, and we actually believe, I don't know if I could do life without it. 
But when you pull it off and it dies, then life begins. And it's just such a powerful picture. So I think sin has an interesting power and influence over our life, and we're not even aware of it. It's uh, it, it's a it's a shadow that lives on us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago just the idea of uh, when we grumble, right? That mm-hmm. we're we're dimming God's glory and goodness by grumbling because we're saying God's not trustworthy. And I think sexual sin is the same way. It's like God's not trustworthy with my sexuality, so therefore I need to take control of it. And I need to do what I need to do to get what I want to get. Mm-hmm. And um, disordered desire. We, t- we, we take God off the throne and we say, I'm on the throne. I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, and I think too, what's really easy, like when we're talking about disordered desires, and like we're talking about this as people who have been stuck in those patterns before. And when you're in them, it's really easy to think, man, I'm never going to get out of this. This takes mm-hmm. too much work. Like sin is whispering in your, like, like we, we talked about it last night and you were saying that like the devil uses a lot of tactics. Like, okay, like just do it. It's not that big of a deal. It's a small thing. It's not mm-hmm. that big. It's not that difficult. And then as soon as you do, the switch flips immediately. Like how could you do that? You're a horrible person. No one can ever know. You can't tell anybody about yep. this. Keep it secret, kid. Keep it hidden. He's the enticer and the accuser on both sides of temptation. Yeah. It's a lose-lose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, if anyone's listening to this, you know exactly what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Like, there is no doubt every person knows this voice. It's yeah. not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. No, or it's no. just small. It's, it's not, not really yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah, it, it won't Im- impact anybody else other than you. And you yeah. know what? It'll impact you in a good way, right? Yeah. You'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you partake in whatever sin, specifically sexual sin, what we talked about last night, then comes the wave of guilt and shame mm-hmm. of, oh, I cannot believe you did that. You call yourself a Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, hold on. I thought you said it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Right? So either way, in engaging with disordered desires and submitting to those disordered desires, Satan, is he's got a lot of ammunition, and he is going to unload every time. And that's why we feel guilt and shame. I think there's also that conviction of the Holy Spirit, right? Because mm-hmm. he's in us, and we're, we're bringing the Holy Spirit into that activity, um, as a Christian, he yeah. dwells in us. So that that changed my thought process a lot when it came to uh, pornography. It was I'm bring I'm bringing the Holy Spirit into this activity with me, and that's why there was that that good conviction of like this is not who you are. Yeah. So well, that reminds me of like First Corinthians six twelve through twenty, or I guess it's twelve through seventeen. We talked about it a little bit before, but it's talking about. Um, Paul's talking to the Corinthians and it says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for the food and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual morality, but the Lord and the Lord for the body. And by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Mm. Shall I take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. And just that idea of like whenever we are engaging in those things, like there's almost that repulsion because that's not meant to happen. It's like oil and water. Yeah. Like God is not meant to be united with the thing, a cheapened version of what he made to be beautiful. The flesh says, oh, yes. And the spirit says, oh, no. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. This is not who you are. You are to be holy as I am holy, separated from like that. That passage is such a man. It's such a such an incredible picture that. The body was not made for us. It was like it's for, it's the Lord's, mm-hmm. right? And who are we to determine what is what 
is we're to do with our bodies when when it belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, th- those are those passages that I think that you start to marinate in, and it starts to reorder the way that you view sexual desire. That oh man, God's got He's got an actual plan. Mm-hmm. He's got an actual way that these things can be enjoyed in a God honoring way. Yeah. And I think for the longest time, because I grew up thinking in a, in a world where like sex, all things sex are bad. It's just dirty, bad, unclean, whatever. Don't do it. You're a terrible person. Yep. And so it really took me a long time to work through like, no, no, God is the creator of desire. He is the creator of sex. And so he's got a plan and a purpose for it. And it's good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the rub is, right? Do we believe God is actually good? And do we believe that his plan is better than ours? And that's where the death comes in. Yeah. Because we wake up thinking, I know what's best for me. I have Mm -hmm. these desires. I've had them since I was born. I had them every day. I've had like whatever. And so they must be good. And it's just not like we're, you know, we all know what assuming does, right? (laughs) If we assume that every natural desire that we have is automatically good because we have it, you haven't read James chapter, chapter one. Yeah. That no, no, not every, you haven't read Romans seven where Paul, the apostle Paul's like, I have desires that I don't want to do. And I to don't do, want to do them. And I still do them. Yeah. The things I want to do, I don't do. So he says, I see these two things. There is good and evil at battle in my soul. It's that old man versus the new man. They're, mm-hmm. we're, we're fighting. And so, and that's where the Hebrews verse comes in of, but Jesus knows he was tempted just like you in every way we are, yet mm-hmm. was without sin. And so we have a great high priest who is compassionate, knowing the struggle. Yet he says, come to the throne of grace with confidence. Mm-hmm. Is it accepting and saying, how oh, whatever you do is good with me? You know, grace, grace, grace. No, no, no. It's, I have covered the sin. The sin is serious. He died to cover the sin. Mm-hmm. It's not no small thing that, of the cross of Christ. It is a, a infinitely deep and painful thing that he did because sin is so wicked. Yeah. And it just, it kills and it destroys and Jesus said, I love you too much to just let you play. Like I heard a one pastor talk about sexual sin, especially because sexual sin is done in, in kind of the hidden parts of our life, is that, you know, it's like a baby shaking a baby rattle in, in the dark of their crib. But then when you turn the lights on that, it's actually a rattlesnake. Yeah. That's sin. Is it, oh man, it seems like fun, no big deal, not gonna hurt anybody. But when you actually shine the light on what that is and where it's gonna go, it's deadly. Yeah, that's good. So kind of turning the corner a little bit, just kind of walking through a little more practical things. So what would you say to someone who has recognized they've had disordered desires Mm -hmm. and is working on reorienting, specifically sexual desires, Mm -hmm. and is wondering and thinking, okay, like I'm on this path, but... Am I ever going to be able to have a healthy and happy marriage? Am I ever going to be able to get this? Because yeah. I've messed it up so badly. Yeah. Uh, yes, because that's my story. <laughs> um, have a great marriage. Very thankful. Um, God is gracious. And I think it it begins, I'm going to sound like a broken record. It begins with confession and repentance. Mm-hmm. It, it And, you know, those who ask that question, they're on the doorstep. Because they're like, I have them. Now confess them, right? And we talked about 1 John 1, 9 last night and James 5, 16. Yeah. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins to him, God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins 
and then cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So it's a forgiving and a cleansing. And then James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pray for each other and you will be healed. And so, again, we're always looking for an equation. We're looking for the quick quick trip, um, the shortcuts. It's not a shortcut because those desires are not just going to disappear overnight. So what I would say is it it starts with confession and and an agreement with God that I have that I have been involved with and chosen to allow the disordered disordered desires become king of my life. Mm-hmm. It starts there. We have to, you know, it's just like an alcoholic has to admit they're an alcoholic before they can actually start moving in a path of health. And yep. then it, you know, confession to God, confession to other people, um, start asking the hard questions and doing the hard work of digging into God's word with God's people and trusting God's spirit to start reshaping your mind. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, Romans 12 to, you know, uh, re- renew your mind daily. Mm-hmm. Um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so what do we do? Well, we move our mind to different things. Instead of going to our phone and, and watching videos or whatever, put the phone down. Go, go read a book on, you know, disordered desires or, you know, mm-hmm. read, read the Bible. And so anyway, I know that's not probably the, the one, two, three step that we're all looking for, mm-hmm. but it's just, it starts with confession and repentance and then walking in obedience. And I've learned from my wife recently that that word obey um, in, in the Hebrew is the word hear, hear the Lord. And so listening to what God has to say about who we are, what God has to say about his plan for sexuality and say, then we obey. When we hear, we say, okay, that I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow his design. Well, I like the distinction between like listening and hearing because mm-hmm. you can listen, but like, do you really hear? That's really good. Yeah. So kind of to close this out, I want to read Galatians 5, 16 through 25. Oh, yeah. and it really it's just good. does a good job of comparing life in the flesh and life in the spirit. So I'm going to start and it says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. There's that kind of battle that we were talking about. And just as they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And if that's not a list of disordered desires, (laughs) gosh, I don't know what is. No kidding. And so he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's the oil and water we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like they just can't mix. mix. God wouldn't be God if he allowed those things to mix. Well, it reminds me like Romans 6. It says, should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And Paul's like, no, 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 no. That's, 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 you're abusing God's grace. Mm -hmm. Which is a whole nother podcast. I mean, it's that idea of like, well, um, honey, do you forgive me if I cheat on you? Yes, I forgive you. Okay, I'm going to go do it again. again. What? Yeah. Like that, that makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it's the same idea. And then we turn a corner, which mm-hmm. is so good. And it says, but, and we, we talked about this, like the word, but yeah. It's one of my favorite words in the Bible because you're about to get some great news. You know you're getting better news because <laughs> gosh, that, that's a dark place. That's but then right. it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against mm. such things. There is no yep. law for those who belong to Christ. Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. 
And so I love that it just paints the picture of like, this is what an ordered life looks like. Because it is hard work. You're right. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of reorienting. It's not a quick process. It's well, a it's, lifelong battle. And it's not battle. something that we can control 100%. No. We can do some actual things, but it's the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. job to transform. Well, that's where John 15 comes in, that just abiding with the Spirit. Because mm-hmm. I talk to people all the time. They're like, how do I like do all these things? Like, you can Band-Aid solution fix this. Yeah. But for a heart change, you got to abide in the Lord mm-hmm. and just be around Him constantly. And and that, that picture of remaining, we talked about that. I talked about a little bit last night, mm-hmm. that... I just, when I think remain, I think plant, root, dig deep roots into God's word, trusting that God's spirit is going to bear fruit. And the cool thing is one of those fruits is Mm self-control is that, man, when, when I am planted here, when my heart is being transformed to God's heart, then you know what? That disordered desire is going to start to look different. It's going to start to feel different. I'm going to start thinking differently about that. And sure enough, I know that, that, you know, fruit grows very slowly. It starts Mm -hmm. small, right? So it's going to be harder and harder and harder, um, or it will start off more difficult. But as that fruit of self-control grows, the tension will dissipate. Yeah. um, Because your desire is now for the things of God, and it's been flipped, right? That that rightly ordered desire takes over. And so, but that's a, that's a huge work of the Holy Spirit. Well, and you're feeding your desires with different things. That's yes. what planting yourself is. Like when, like we talked about earlier, like when you're feeding mm-hmm. your sinful desires, like you're slowly feeding it. But when you're planted in the Lord, like you're feeding it with different things and that yeah. changes the outcome and that changes well, you, your desires. You, you may be too young and everybody listening to this may be too young, but there was this documentary back in the day where this dude ate McDonald's every meal for like a month. Ooh. And... They did like all the health checks before and after. And it was, I mean, McDonald's hated it, of course, because this dude was like in the, he, all his numbers just tanked. And so he became incredibly unhealthy. Like, that's it. Like in the moment, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh man, th- those fries. Oh, they, mm-hmm. they're so the good. The Diet Cokes, top notch. Yes. But after a while, you're planted in McDonald's, you were going to be in really bad condition. Yeah. So, sin is the same thing. But uh, conversely, you plant yourself in, mm-hmm. in God. You remain in Jesus, walk with the Spirit, as Galatians says, uh, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. It, it grows something different in you, and you won't do it. Yeah. Well, I just want to encourage people listening, like as we're wrapping up, that if you find yourself stuck in that place, mm-hmm. like you don't have to stay yeah. stuck there. And like, praise be to God for that. But like that, like this life by the Spirit and this fruit of the Spirit is possible for you. So like, I just want to encourage you, like, get with people, get with the Lord and start doing the hard work of reordering your desires because it is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? I would say freedom is better than slavery. Amen. Jesus, I say it all the time. My favorite line to describe the gospel in one pithy statement is Jesus did not come to catch you in your sin. He came to set you free from the sin that has caught you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a that's sweet, sweet sound to my ears. Yeah. So that's right. it. That's a good place as any to end it. You guys, we hope you have a great week and we'll see you next week.